0: Have you ever wondered what drives a professional endurance athlete? And while our natural instinct, or at least my natural instinct is like, no way, I could never do that. I challenge you to pause and consider where can you stretch more than you think you can? And when I climbed the Manitou Incline in Colorado, the steepest peak in the whole state and super dangerous, I met Rick Webb and Crazy Bob Stuka, yeah, he's literally called Crazy Bob. And they were both competing in the Cirque Max Vert Challenge. Basically, who can get the maximum vertal, vertical feet over the course of 31 days and break a world record? Now, I thought I was going to die after every step I took on the mountain. Adjusting to the altitude, being out of breath, and my body aching. And I'm thinking, I'm only doing this once in a lifetime not going up and down, up and down, up and down every day. I don't know how these two were leaping and bounding up and down those stairs like the laws of physics didn't apply to them. And I followed them on Instagram. I followed their journey all month long and I had to get them on the podcast. And so while you listen today, I urge you to listen not just out of curiosity for superhuman endurance athletes' lifestyles and mindsets, although it is unbelievably fascinating, but also to consider, just for a moment if you could do it too. A quick note that I am running a clearing challenge in the month of December. It's not really the physical challenge like Rick and Crazy Bobs, but it'll be a fun way to clear out the clutter of your area, not just physical, but mental and emotional. And it's not the normal, boring stuff you think were obvious. If you'd like to join, it's free. Go sign up at allisonhair.com forward slash clearing. We start December 1st. Here's my chat with Rick Webb and Crazy Bob Stuka. If you'd like to listen to these episodes ad free and early and support an independent podcaster, that's me. Sign up at patreon.com forward slash culture changers or go to allisonhair.com for the direct link. I am so excited about this. I have Rick Webb and Crazy Bob Stuka. Stuka, is that how you pronounce it?
1: Yes, that's right.
0: These guys are freaking champions. So they're professional endurance athletes, but have just completed the Cirque Series Vert Challenge.
2: Cirque Series Max Max Vert. Max Vert, yes. Max Vert. Oh my goodness.
0: And that was, and you guys decided to do it on the Manitou Incline. And that looked like... 14,000 feet a day for on average for 31 days. Is that right?
2: Yeah. So essentially the contest is it's a nationwide contest, basically trying to climb as much vert in a single month um, on foot. And so you can choose any mountain, anywhere you want to go, um, as long as you are uh, tracking on Strava and not taking a tram or a car or a bike or any other sort of transportation down. So you have to run down. Um, And we chose the man to incline because it's it's our home yeah, base. yeah, 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 exactly, like
1: the said, you know, because especially for us, it's a, something special, you know, we feel you know lots of energy on the incline, and we train the incline pretty much every day. That's why we decided to use exactly the incline because. It's not a just challenge for us, you know, so we try to update it our level, you know, a little higher and just try to do many goals.
0: I met you guys on the mountain. I was so inspired by you guys. I mean, you had shirts off. This was the beginning of October and you were zipping like you barely took a breath. Like you might as well have been sitting on the couch eating a Big Mac and could do it. And just for the Manitou Incline, it is... Almost one mile up, right? And it's uh, it's 2000, yes, yes. 2,000 feet, is that right?
2: Just under 2,000 feet, which just got very annoying throughout the throughout the month because we had to go up to our power tree to get the full 2,000. Yes. Um, which is just oh a goodness. little bit further from the top. Uh, but the very top is about,
1: it's like 1950. No, yeah, close inch. to 1950 feet, there. yeah, approximately, yeah.
0: So, Crazy Bob is 53 years old. You finished second place at uh, what is it? 462,501 feet climbed. And Rick, uh, uh, Rick Webb finished number three. Right behind him at 438,463 feet in the month of October. You guys travel as a team. Rick, if we could start with you, tell me about your background in as a professional endurance athlete or professional hiker.
2: So yeah, I mean, uh, getting into the incline really was kind of a, a, a main part of that journey. Um, joining the 500 Club, it was a main part of that journey as well. The 500 Club is doing 500 inclines in a calendar year. You can pick any date you want, as long as you get all 500 in that year. Um, Those were, that was kind of what really led me to, to the more endurance races and, uh, you know, pushing myself. Um, So this year, my goal was to basically just go through barriers and push myself even further. Um, And uh, that's kind of what this challenge was about, because I know that I can do a lot more than, you know, what has been done. And so I wanted to see what, what I could do. Um, and so, uh, I'm going to
0: dig into the, you guys, (laughs) what about you, Bob? Uh, You've got, so, so Rick is 33, is that right? So 53, 33.
2: I'm 33. Yeah, Yeah. that's correct.
1: Yes.
0: Traveling team. And I've, I've watched you guys. I actually looked way back on your Instagram and I see that you've been, you're on Mount Rainier, you're doing a lot of caving and ice challenges.
2: We do a lot of, uh, like I said with Bob, we do a lot of exploring all the time. And that's what's pushed. It's what's pushed both of our levels is the amount of just adventure and how much we love the journey,
1: um, and not just
0: the destination. Oh, amazing. What about you, Bob? Where where did all this start?
1: I running all my life, and of course, if I was small, you know, I'm just running, you know, like a like a kids just for fun. But later, you know, I'm start interesting really well about uh, running and. Also, I was have lots of friends from run, and I running the uh, marathons and ultra marathons. Ultra, it's definitely my favorite things, you know, because it's not just about the running; it's uh, about your training and friends and community and also the ultra running it's give me a more power for big adventure if i want to see it like example something you know for future some kind of mountains more interesting you need a power to see it actually if you don't train you cannot see it so i be say i just training for life like example, someone it's make some uh, record. I'm start really interesting right away. I said, "Oh man, this is so amazing! Let's try or let's do something similar."
0: I love that there's like a limitless belief system for you guys. Like, how far can I push myself? And I'd be curious to know what the mindset was going into this challenge and how it shifted throughout the month. Did you walk out with a different mindset?
2: Uh, I walked in thinking it was impossible, and I walked out thinking I could have done a lot more. I mean, again, I I set my goals. I accomplished exactly what I had set. I wanted to do at least 14,000 a day, which I just thought was super cool. It was 1,000 feet over the high score set last year by Chris Fisher at 400,000, and then it was 25,000 over the current world record, which was 409,000. So I thought, you know, 14,000 a day doing uh, seven inclines a day was just going to be just enough to set the bar, um, beat the current world record. And uh, I already thought it was going to be impossible. So um, but then when I got done, you know, I was like, man, could I have done one more a day? Yeah, I think wow. I could have easily. I and, mean, you know, even now I'm like with what I've learned with nutrition through the month, because that was my first like big Long thirty-one day stint of of train of, of of you know putting performing essentially. Um, I didn't know what I mean. I knew I was going to get stronger through the month, but I really didn't know if I was going to be able to do the seven. Wow! So, um, but now I know I definitely could do it, and I know I can do a lot more. I know. I, I always do- think
0: of it as like childbirth. You know, like people. <laughs> They go through childbirth. They're like never again, and then they get pregnant. What about you, Bob? You you have a world record, right, for the the fastest down in seven minutes?
1: Uh, I actually just lose about one second. What you know, what? one second with my <laughs> old oh, no. partner who ran with me. So my my record it's a seven minutes eighteen seconds and. After I made those records, it's about another maybe four or five weeks. He sent me, the my friend, he sent me the text message. He said, I'm sorry, Crazy Bob, you don't <laughs> hold record anymore. And he beat me just <laughs> a one second.
0: Now you need to beat it. What about you? What were you thinking going in and how did that change coming out?
1: I was have the similar things like the Rick set, you know, so I was thinking I can make a little more like four hundred thousand feet, you know, so that's my previous thing. Later, you know, I'm just stopped the thinking. I try to keep going the incline. It's a amazing experience, you know. So after that, I really don't thinking just going because It's like new experience with my body. Me and Rick, you know, Rick, it's definitely means for me on the life so much because it's not just a partner, it's our lifestyle. And also if I see him, he give me, you know, so much inspiration. We have pretty similar speed, you know, but it's definitely, it's a pushment. How did you two meet?
2: We met on the incline, and I I remember the first time we met. I don't know if you do, Bob. This was, I think, 2018. This was when we met, about about four years ago. But I was passing you, (laughs) and uh, I wasn't very fast in 2018. I mean, I was still, like, fast, but I had just moved out here a year earlier, so I was still kind of getting acclimated to the mountains. And uh, I was passing you. You were like, you kind of sped up a little bit. You were like, oh, look at you, (laughs) speedy boy, look at you, And, uh, and... (laughs) i'm like yeah well yeah thanks man and i'm like so uh what lap are you Or like how many are you doing he's like uh oh this is lap three (laughs) he's i'm I'm, I'm like this was before i kind of knew multiples and i had just kind of heard of the 500 club and so when he's like oh i'm doing three i'm like "Uh, what three inclines that's crazy um and so my it's just crazy how my own perception shifted at the mountain uh, but that was our first time. And then but I was also with Bob the first time I ever ran down, and uh, that got me hooked. And I swear, if you want to get faster going up, run down it. Wow. How does that even work? I, I, as soon as I ran down it the first time, well, your, your, your work, you're using the same muscles, but just a little bit differently. And so I had been doing quite a few up to this point, and I wasn't sore. My first ever down with Bob, though, I got home the next day, and I just my legs were thrashed. I was like, what is, what is this? Like I train every day like this, but it was a new kind of new sort of impact on the, on the same similar muscles that were going to make you faster going up. So yeah, I definitely tell people if you want to get faster up, run down.
0: Not everybody knows what the Manitou incline is. Can you describe it?
2: It is a set of stairs, an old set of um, railroad ties. going straight up a mountain. Uh, It was used, um, it was an, an old incline railroad. Uh, and it was used originally for, um, the hydro plants up there to service them. And then it quickly became like a tourist trap or or Mm -hmm. attraction, I guess, where it would take people up the mountain. And then that closed in the early nineties. And, uh, then people were illegally hiking it forever. Um, but at its steepest grade, it's about 68% and it's about an average of 48%, um, with a 2000 foot ish. Gain and it's emissions.
0: in Colorado. I so. mean, you have the elements and I, I can't stop thinking yeah. about crazy Bob's Instagram when it snowed. <laughs> so Bob is shirt off, tiny shorts, is laying in the snow, just singing. I love snow and putting it on his body. <laughs> <laughs> and these beautiful vistas. The best day ever. <laughs> I mean, Bob, you embrace this. You, Bob, this is you, right? Like it, you remind me of Wim Hof for many reasons. Yeah. Maybe it's the accent too, but do you employ some of those breathing techniques or the sauna or how did you guys recover each day? And did you do them all in succession or did you go home and nap?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, naps were not. Naps could not happen. Mm-hmm. Naps were hard. Naps were almost impossible. Oh yeah, I tried naps a couple times, but uh, I was always just too wired, and I would either just end up waking up and decide to go back to the mountain, or um, or wake up and eat. But I, I, if I, I just it was hard to nap, so it was just easier to keep going through the day. But recovery was definitely important, and like I know we both kind of went at it a little differently. Uh, But it started as soon as we finished because I just felt like just the time from when we finished to when we were coming back the next day was just not a lot of time. And it was we had to pack in, you know, I had to pack in eating, uh, resting, recovering the muscles, the legs and also taking care of my dogs because I have three dogs at home. And so it was the challenge for sure. Um,
1: Yeah. And for me, that's the same thing what I do if I racing, you know, like ultra marathon just starting and finish, you know, I never thinking, you know, about how many miles I need to finish. And like, especially last couple of years, I'm even not interesting, you know, the time I'm just trying to enjoy and really running. I'm very surprised for my time because with that way, it's my time. It's much more better. Like if I have the stress and many people just watching and say, oh, my God, so I'm so slow today, you know. So I don't mm. think like that. I'm just concentrated, you know, on my head and just try to enjoy. Like I said, that people just between me and Rick and other friends, I I said, you know, always happy running. It's a fast running. Right, Ricky?
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, he uh, that was some advice he gave me um last weekend when I had a, I had a 50K, was, so we both had a 50K four days after what? The, uh, the event, and I just, I just mentally was not in it. My legs felt okay. I mean, I could have easily done it, but mentally, I was just like, you know, after spending 250 hours on the mountain in October, I just mentally wasn't in it, and I, I reached out to Bob, and I was like, hey, man, like, I just, I'm not feeling the race today, like, you got any advice? And he, he said the exact same thing, you know, happy running is going to be good and fast running. And so, and and that's that's how we we both go about all of our races and all of our adventures. You know, we again we're not really too focused on time. Um, we're just focused on having a good time. And so, you know, and then again, like I said earlier, we we love the journey and not just the destination. And when we're focusing on how fast we are, or, you know, how much we're doing, it's you know kind of kind of fogs up uh, the adventure and how much fun we can. I'm really assuming
0: have. you guys have always been competitive. There has to be some type of wiring in in guys like you am am i wrong i mean you guys live in this world
2: i mean i uh yeah i grew up a soccer player so i I grew up competing from a child um and i have two brothers the competition definitely uh definitely is bred from an early age i feel like but at the end of the day uh you know i i just think we like having fun um and this is how we have fun and we got the question so many times over the month where it actually got annoying and it was you know after we'd said oh we're on maybe lap two they're like well what are you training for and it's it's like well what do we have to be training for to just to be out here you know kicking ass and having fun um you know and usually my answer to to that is we're training sure. for life we're just training to just to be out here and, and and the competition is like like Bob was saying earlier you know when Papa Sean beat your time by one second and he told and you texted you you know you weren't upset about it you were happy for Sean and you're like it's motivating you to like all right let's do this you know You know, Eric sent me a a segment last night where he's a couple minutes faster than me. And I'm like, okay, well, it's it's crunch time now. And I'm going to try to beat your time. And so that's just what I love about our community we have here. We have such a good uh, trail and ultra running community here in Manitou and Colorado Springs that it's easy to love the journey because just the journey is fantastic.
1: Yeah. And also I'm so happy. It's someone, it's show me, say, okay. I'm just beat you crazy, Bob, you know, so that's always, it's a motivation, because if I be only on the front, seriously, I lose my motivation. So right now, you know, like Mm. someone, you know, it's a little better, a little faster, which is normal. Of course, it's not only me, you know, so always it's some other people. But if I see that, so happy, but Same time, I said, oh, my God, you know, so see, right now it's my training. It's not enough. Let's train and let's do a little better. So with that way, i am be stronger. And after I be stronger, i be faster, of course, you know. And especially about those challenge, I even don't think we do the challenge. I'm just thinking I do something for my body. I need to lose a weight a little bit. With that way, I know I be faster, but I'm never push myself. But those challenges, it's a help me, you know, many goals because during those challenges I lose my weight. I don't yeah. know, probably I'd be say six or seven pounds. Those things it's give me definitely better, stronger body, and right now. My time, it's a super fast, and I'm more happy actually.
0: I wonder if you like the mental game that you tell yourself when you're on lap five, lap six, or incline five, six, seven, and you guys are tired. You know, what do you tell yourself to keep going? Mm. Does your did your bodies break down at all?
1: Sometimes, think- you know, I'd be say, you know, of course. If I was do it, you know, because like Rick said, you know, before he said his goal, you know, it's like seven inclines per day. I'm just was thinking same thing like seven, eight. Actually, after I was starting, I was thinking on my head. I said, let's do the 10, 10 inclines every single day. I actually start the 10 inclines. But later, you know, another day, I just do the only nine inclines. And oh later I... I reduce, you know, for the eight, you know, which is, you know, pretty good. If you know, like tomorrow you need to do the eight and after tomorrow you need to do eight, you know. So like you said, after five, you know, I will say it depends the day, you know, because sometimes I was feel like super fast. And after lap number five, I said, it's only just a three incline and I can go home, you know, and relax. But someday, you know, after five inclines, you know, I said, damn, another three inclines, really? I would be say it's not really good. But, you know, if you stop the thinking and just going, it's much better. That way, you have much more power. And other with my experience, I never really looking too far where I going. I'm just really concentrated to my step even the climbing together, me and Rick, and sometimes going on the front, sometimes I'm going on the front, you know, we, we switch, but...
0: I'm getting the sense that when you run, it, it truly is the pure enjoyment of it. There is kind of a mental game that goes with something like this. And I remember when I did the incline, you know, I'm in Atlanta, right? And so people would say, the altitude's going to mess with you. You have to be ready. You have to drink. You have to take baby aspirin. So I was taking baby aspirin for a week before. If something happens, I mean, you're fucked. I mean, it's going to take you a long time. You could just pass out. So I was really nervous with the elevation. You know, I had been talking to Rick a little bit through his journey and he would say, oh, I love, I love the altitude. It gives me a rush. What does that even mean when you when you're so used to it? You is it even a factor?
2: I I feel like I thrive at altitude. I don't know. I feel like when I'm up at 13 plus thousand feet, I actually I don't know, breathe better and uh, feel better, feel strong, and you know, I have friends that are hikers or so, and they'll be like looking at me like, what are you doing? And I don't know. I love being at altitude, and I think it is just you know training. <laughs> One, the amount of vert we put up on the incline, we're really, you know, the incline is one of, I think, the best trainers to do 14ers, even though you're not going above uh, 10,000 feet, you're still training up to nine, um, and you're getting, you're going from about seven to nine pretty quickly, and so I think that has part of it as well, Um, but as far as the mental game goes too, I, you know, I almost, I mean, I brought my soccer team up there many times as a coach just for the mental aspect of it. Because I think it's way more mental than it is mm-hmm. physical. I think most people are capable of doing it, especially once they're acclimated and they live here. You know, more and more people are, you know, they, they can do it. They just think it's very, very hard. Even me, when I got to about stair two 300, and you look up and you can't see the top and you just see the false summit, it's daunting every single time. I don't care how many times you've done it. You're like, what? <laughs> That's, I have to go up that again? It looks it looks hard and it is hard. Everyone asks me, does it get easier? And I'm like, no, it doesn't because you just push yourself harder or your number of times gets more and more. um, And each individual time is still as hard as the last. So um, I I just, for me, a lot of the time, I didn't even get warmed up until lap five. And so it was a mental thing getting to lap five, really. (laughs) Like getting through laps one, two, three, because by the end of the month, most of my mornings, I was the slowest in the morning. Laps one and two were pretty Thanks, sluggish. I tried to get, for me, I tried to yeah, get Yeah, what time did you start? I tried starting about 6, 6.30. Uh, Bob always beat me. <laughs> I don't think I beat him once to the mountain. I don't think I beat him <laughs> once. He beat me every time, but by the end of the month, I was usually meeting him around fall summit as he was coming down on his first, and I was about to summit my first, so... Um, and then I would usually catch them and pass them by the end of the day. Hmm. So, But, yeah, it, it was crazy how it took lap five, high uh, lap five, to kind of, like, feel good. And then, honestly, like, like six, seven, and eight were usually the best laps. That's where I felt wow. the best. Um, which, again, kind of surprised me. Is it, like,
0: a runner's high, or is that something you guys so. um, kind of felt? You know,
2: what we call it is a, we call it a zombie <laughs> brain or uh, or lizard brain kind of where like you definitely haven't taken enough calories and or maybe hydrated enough and you start to maybe maybe hallucinate a little bit, or you start to see stars or you kind of just like get in a like a very zoned vision and it, yeah, it's it, you just keep going though and and once you get a little bit of calories and you eat something, you know, it starts to fade. Um but that's as far as a runner's high that's definitely I mean, as far as I got
1: very specific like what's the rick said about the calories because nutrition right Depends how's the people training so i'd be say someone it's training you know and someone it's no like example after 30 minutes you be need some snack or something i'd be say that's okay you know because <laughs> if you're training like that that's look good right. but it's definitely not me. I don't know what's wrong with my body, but I really cannot eat pretty much anything. So even if I do like my daily training, after I wake up, I just drink a hot water because, you know, the hot water, it's increase you know, my blood pressure and prepare my body for workout. That's why I love it, the hot water. And I just do the, my workout. And even if I do like my ultra marathon, I was running many, many ultra marathons like with with nothing. Like uh, I was running on the summer. That's insane Obstynous
2: for just carrying.
1: Two <laughs> <legs>. <laughs> I was running the He's fifty famous. miles, just with two packs of the Tic Tac. Nothing, what? nothing else.
0: I, I understand that people were like meeting you on the mountain. They were cheering for you. They're bringing you food. They're trying to help you.
2: In this challenge, we definitely ate, uh, but what I think is cool is how the contrast between Bob and I, where I had a thousand calorie liquid shake every morning with about, you know, almost 150 grams of carbs, probably closer to about 50 to 100 mm. grams of protein. Um, and I would drink that every morning before I went out. Actually, and it's funny, one of the fastest mornings I had, I didn't have the shake, but I knew I was burning all these calories all day long for multiple days on end and I needed to not have zombie brain while I was on the mountain, so I, I made sure and I consumed about a thousand or so calories with a cup of tea every morning. And then I knew after zombie brain happened a couple times on lap six, I made sure laps one, two, and three, I needed to just have at least half my calories that I was burning. And I was burning about seven, eight hundred every wow. lap, so. At the when I would descend every lap, I would usually start with, um, or I'd finish my tailwind. I'd have about two hundred calories of tailwind plus a honey stinger waffle, so that's about three to four hundred calories right there, and so that's half my energy every lap that I'm consuming again. But I couldn't really start to do that until you got into the activity. Um, you know, maybe at the end of lap one or starting lap two, um, but at the beginning before lap one. I, it was just liquid wow so. but bob just dis- definitely didn't eat like anything <laughs> i know that like in the morning you didn't all you had was tea
1: 7 8 inclines of course you feel like <laughs> a tired not like body or muscle system but i mean i was tired like a sleepy after i was get home i said okay i get a nap and i just go directly on the bed and i don't eating pretty much nothing completely nothing so basically I'm out of it almost like maybe 30 hours and another morning what wow. happened. Of course, your body, it's a, come on, I need something. Stop on the pancake house, was eat, you know, the hash browns. I mean, a really big breakfast. And I never, never eat a breakfast.
2: He was dead that whole day. That I whole day. I could not imagine. Dead. You were, I think you maybe did what? I think you did only six inclines that day. That was your yes. lowest day, I think, right? Now,
0: some of those uh, nutrition yeah. companies, do they sponsor
2: you? I had reached, so I reached out to a few companies before we started, um, and I got support That's from great. three. And the level of support was a little different from each one. Um, I had Scratch, and they they basically told me that they were kind of out of individual athletic support at the moment, but they could help me out a little. And they sent me, you know, some recovery mix and endurance fuel and stuff. Um, Honey Stinger was a little similar, but they also helped out and they sent tons of uh, waffles. And nut and seed bars, and those nut and seed bars were like my breakfast every morning because they have uh, like, yeah. like one or two. Um, they have 14 grams of uh, of car of protein, and uh, so they just felt like a, an actual meal. I don't know, they felt good to eat on the mountain. It was like a, it's kind of like a payday mm-hmm. bar almost. And then um, so Honey Stinger helped out, and then the best support I got was from Tailwind. Um, and Tailwind is awesome. I love Tailwinds. Uh, I have, like I, I said earlier, I have their endurance fuel in my in my flask like every run i have at least two to three hundred calories of endurance fuel which is just clean energy and carbohydrates and electrolytes and so and that's what i love about it is that i have some right here it just it it mixes clean and, and clear and doesn't dye your bottles mm. which i love so you can put it in your flasks and know that it's not going to just like ruin your flasks and it also just feels clean and and good tailwind was one that was like hey you want to uh, well you know we'll help you out but we'd love to have you know your in your your take on it as well. So right now I'm actually currently writing a blog for them on my experience and my new on my nutrition and kind of my daily routine and whatnot. So
0: that is so cool. And and as we wrap up, what was your favorite moment from this whole experience?
2: Oh gosh, there's so many. Uh, the inversion day was a lot of fun. Uh, we had I mean, out of the whole 31 days, I think we saw basically every every weather pattern that we would see on the incline. Uh, we saw the inversion, which What's are very What's the
0: inversion? Rare. What is that?
2: It's when the cloud layer is below the stairs. And so you're basically hiking oh, above wow. the cloud layer. And it just feels like the stairway to heaven when you're on an inversion. So those were the, that was a good day. And we also had a snowy day and we had a foggy day. Um, and then. But basically the whole month was all sunny. So, you know, I mean, we just had a lot of – the mornings were really fun. Every time I saw Bob and it was like,
0: hey, beautiful morning, <laughs>
2: Bob, you know, Rick – it was just, Best just attitude award like, again, like you said, just like the energy. <laughs> Whenever we saw each other, it yeah. was just like you know, it lifted us and up. My
1: favorite moment—it's always after I see the my partner, the Rick. I also the <laughs> start the climbing. Like he said, you know, mostly time. You know, I was wake up the early and just go and. So, my first climbing, I'm just like not really thinking, but I was slow and lazy, you know. And
0: yeah, real lazy. Start- That's what I think about when I think of you guys.
1: Really <laughs> <lazy>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after that after I start the decline, running down, I'm just seeing him from the distance. He just you know, keep going and like a real pushment, you know, because before that, like I said, I feel uh, lazy. Nothing to push, but after I see him, so my energy it's increased. Like that's yeah. great. What's you know? next? What's <laughs>
0: next for you guys? Are you? Do you have? Have you signed up for another challenge?
1: Well, we have
2: a we have a pretty crazy adventure plan for next year. We have a we have a couple. Bob, if you wanna. Okay, go ahead and so
1: talk. my list it's it's really big. We start prepare and training, and of course, I also feel more power if I running. with freak. It's a Southern Sea Ultramarathon. It's a wow. 81 miles on the California. Those ultramarathons will be run, me and Rick, like a team. It's a pre-qualification race for my goal. I want to run another race on the California. It's a called the Bet Water. It's a ultramarathon, 143 miles Damn. on the desert. And it's a starting 75 feet below sea level and finish on the Mount Whitney. So it's a pretty different elevation. But why I like it because it's on the summertime and temperature going mostly over 120 degrees. It's a it's an amazing challenge. You know,
0: y'all are amazing. We're all going to cheer for you. How can people find you? How can people reach out to you?
2: Uh, My Instagram is uh, just Rick, R I C K underscore K underscore Web. Um, That's one of the easiest ways. Or just find me on Facebook at Rick Web. Yeah,
1: and my Instagram, it's like my shirt set, Crazy Bob. (laughs) Crazy Bob. But it's Bob Stuka,
0: S-T-U-K-A. Bob Stuka, Bob
1: Stuka, B-O-B-S-T-U-K-A, Bob Stuka, yes. yes.
0: And I'll I'll make sure everything is linked in the show notes. Thank you both so much. I'm so excited for you and thankful for your time and your inspiration to me because I know that I only met you guys for a few minutes, but it's really made a huge ripple effect in my life and things that I'm pushing to do as well. So I really appreciate what you guys have done, even in my little world.
2: Thank you. That really means a lot, and you know, we heard that a lot over the month too, which was just fantastic. How many people told us, "Oh, this is our first double, and we're doing it because of you guys," or "We're back here a second day in a row because of you guys."
0: Okay, fine. I'll sign up for something crazy. I hope you found Rick and Crazy Bob Stuka's stories. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even speak. It was so incredible. My mouth was still hanging on the floor. But I hope you found their stories as inspiring and fascinating as I did. I've linked their IG handles in the show notes. And if you're on Strava, you can follow their journeys in real time. Good luck to you both, Rick and Bob. Can't wait to see what you guys do next. As for you, the listener, make sure you text this episode to a friend. Write a review on your favorite podcast player. You know it means the world to me and it helps people like you find me. And join me for the December Clearing Challenge at allisonhair.com forward slash clearing. As always, be good to yourself so you can be better for others. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.